Voice Coaches Radio. Everything voiceover. Hello and welcome once again to Voice Coaches Radio. I'm Warren Garland. And I'm Mike Spring. One of my favorite people I used to listen to on the radio, really loved this guy, is Paul Harvey. He just seemed to, you know, first of all, he had that voice that you just, you know, it drilled into you. You know, you, you couldn't miss it and you loved listening to it. But one of the features he used to have was called The Rest of the Story. He even wrote a book. Did you say you read that book? I did, actually, yeah. yes. Okay. Big fan. So, so what we're doing today is we're going to tell you the rest of the story. We're going to tell you little stories about, uh, you know, Famous folk that didn't start out famous, which right. most of us really don't. Really <laughs> right. know how you think about unless you're Vanderbilt or Rockefeller yeah, or um, a Kardashian, or, or, or something oh, like that. You know. <laughs> but anyway, you get the idea. So that's what that's what today's all about. I, I guess did we do this a few years ago? I, I, yeah, about I think about about two years ago we did this once. Okay. We had a lot of fun with it, and uh, we thought we'd revisit it. R- because... Run it back by popular demand. Yes, exactly. Mike's. Right, my demand <laughs> exactly, and I'm popular as we and, discussed. And he's the producer, earlier. so um, you know, you do what the producer tells you to do. You know, these are some people who. Who went through some some hardships. They went through some failures and uh, a lot of failures actually before they became very successful at what they do. And so uh, we thought it'd be fun to share stories because it's easy to get discouraged sometimes. But I think when you hear what some other people have gone through and what they've mm-hmm. ultimately achieved, right. it can be really motivating. So hopefully you'll enjoy these. Yes, and we're going to start with a gentleman that that I've always admired. His birth was two months premature, and he was not expected to survive. But his parents remained three extra months in Miami, where they were visiting at the time to nurse him to health. This gentleman grew up in the Bahamas, but at the age of 17, he moved to New York City and held a string of jobs uh, as a dishwasher. A waiter sat with him every night for several weeks, helping him learn to read the newspaper. He then worked as a dishwasher until a successful audition landed him a spot with a theater company in New York City, where audiences rejected him because he couldn't sing. After his first film audition, the casting director instructed him to just stop wasting everyone's time and go back to dishwashing or something. So he went on, this gentleman, to uh, maybe not follow quite the path that people were telling him. He went on to win an Academy Award for his role in Lilies of the Field and became one of the most successful actors of our time and his time, as well as an inspiration to actors everywhere. If you ever get a chance to read any of the books he's written, his memoirs, they are just terrific. We're talking about Sidney Poitier. Of course. And, uh, you know, look, look to you know, from where he came to whence he has now arrived or something like that. Right, right. Um, I'm Again, I'm a huge fan, as I'm sure you are, yep. and, um, and just admire what this man did. He just did not give up, and, uh, and he tells these stories marvelously on on TV occasionally as well. So check him out for somebody to emulate. I walked past Sidney Poitier once. Um, I was at uh, Disney um, in their like downtown Disney area and I saw this like mass of men in suits like must have been 30 of them walking towards me. I'm like (laughs) was there like a president here or something? Mm. And I looked and in the middle of them all was Sidney Poitier. Wow. And uh, I was was so starstruck at the time it didn't even dawn on me. He was four feet away from me. It didn't even dawn on me to like just say hi. Yeah. Or something like that. Well you and I have talked about this when we've been sitting you know chewing the fat at our desks, um, how uh, I've, I've interviewed a lot of people over the years. You've done the same thing. Yep. And we're not usually starstruck, okay? We admire these people, but, you know, but there are a few. Mm-hmm. That if I were in their presence, I wouldn't know what to do. You know, Paul McCartney comes to mind of immediately. Course, right. I would just be completely speechless; wouldn't know what to say or do. Right, right. And and Sidney Poitier is certainly another one. I you know just I admire him so much. So Absolutely. there you go. There's his story. Great. You've got one. I do. All right. So this gentleman began writing for fun while he was still in school, and he contributed articles to Dave's Rag, which was a newspaper his brother published on a copying machine. He later began selling his stories to friends of his based on movies that they'd seen. 
Uh, though when that was discovered by his teachers, he was forced to return the money. Uh, <laughs> the first of his stories to be independently published was called I Was a Teenage Grave Robber, and it was serialized in a fanzine called Comics Review in 1965. Mm. After leaving college, he earned a certificate to teach in high school, but he couldn't find a job teaching, so he initially supplemented his wages by selling short stories to magazines. Eventually, he was hired as a teacher, uh, and he then used that time to continue working on short stories for magazines and working on ideas for novels. Now, when it came time to write his first novel, he was so frustrated with it that he threw it in the garbage, and his wife famously found the manuscript in the trash, took it out, and convinced him to finish it. That book was Carrie... And the author, of oh, course, is Stephen King. Now I had no idea that was coming. How yes. about that? <laughs> and to date, his novels have sold over 350 million mm. copies. Mm. So yeah. I think he's done okay for himself. And that brings up another thing. Sometimes we don't have the confidence in ourselves that others even have in us. Yep, you that's know? right. And sometimes you have to, you know, you have to listen to others, you know, give into that, and and go for it. And you know, even if you don't think you can do it, do it for the person that believes in you. I think that's great advice, there Warren. You go. Thank you. I just made that up on the spot. <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about this next gentleman who, at 15, without any formal education, left home and headed to Tokyo to look for work. He obtained an apprenticeship at a garage in 1922, and he stayed for six years working as a car mechanic before returning home to start his own auto repair business in 1928 at the age of 22. In 1937, he founded uh, a company that I can't pronounce here. It looks like <laughs> Tokai Psyche, okay, or Siki, perhaps, after his two factories were destroyed in World War II. He sold what remained of his company to Toyota, and they then used the proceeds to found the Honda Technical Research Institute mm-hmm. in October of 1946. I have the feeling this guy's last name is Honda. <laughs> and really, you know the rest of the story. Um, Soichiro Honda turned the company into a billion-dollar multinational that produced the best-selling motorcycles in the world. It's, it's the same old story. you got to start somewhere. That's right. You know, and why not, you know, just have faith that you can do that gig tomorrow. Where's it going to take you? You just never know. That's right. All righty. So moving on. One more gentleman. And then we do have a, a woman as well. We, we included a woman. I didn't realize it was, I structured it so it was all the men first. So I apologize to anybody listening who thinks that's insensitive. Um, but... This gentleman's first automobile company went out of business. Uh, The automobiles produced were of a lower quality and a higher price than he wanted, so the company was dissolved. Then he formed another company, but when the board holders brought in a consultant, he left the company even though it had his name on it. So he left the company that bore his name, and that company became the Cadillac Automobile Company. (laughs) Then he formed yet another company, which started to go out of business as well, and they brought in partners with the last name of Dodge, who supplied over $160,000 in parts to save that company. That company eventually became the Ford Motor Company, and mm. the gentleman in question is Henry T. Ford, of course, Amazing. who revolutionized, you know, the American industry, sure. if you will, the entire, you know, the entirety of industry, um, and of course, revolutionized automobiles, and his name is synonymous with the creation of the automobile. Uh, and it's interesting to think; I think he's a great example because his first two companies completely failed. His third company was going to fail uh, until he got a little bit of help, and then, of course, he went on to become, you know. Ford. I mean, it's one of the biggest companies sure. in the world. But he started off, you know, three strikes, basically. It almost got to. Yeah. And he kept at it, and, and he finally made it work. And then, there, again, never give up. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's a young lady that began figure skating at the age of six. 
While she was in high school, she trained with Pear's partner James Stewart and competed in the 1968 U.S. Figure Skating Championships. You're already thinking you probably know who this is. Well, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> she was featured in Sports Illustrated's Faces in the Crowd in the January 68 issue, January 9th, 68 to be exact. She graduated from the Chapin School in 1967, attended the University of Paris, and earned a degree in art history from Sarah Lawrence College. All this education for a figure skater, you're thinking. No, no, still not a figure skater. When she failed to make the U.S. Olympic team, she entered the fashion industry and became an editor at Vogue. She was passed over for editor-in-chief, so she left Vogue and began working for Ralph Lauren. She began designing, now this is going to give it away, yes. wedding gowns at the age of 40, and today is the premier designer in the business with a multi-billion dollar industry. Of course, we're talking Vera Wang. She has designed wedding gowns for Chelsea Clinton, uh, you know Alicia Keys, Mariah Carey, Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Garner, anybody else named Jennifer? You know, <laughs> I mean, go for it. She's she's designed the, the wedding dresses for a lot of famous people, and, and I mean, she's just synonymous with that industry. I, I think a good measure of her success is that here's a woman who designs wedding dresses for a living, and you and I both know who she is. Now, I mean, think about it. How many yeah. other fashion designers can most guys name? Exactly. It's probably you can count them on one hand, but everybody knows the name Vera Wang. I mean, yeah. that is just, like you said, it's synonymous with wedding dresses. Right. And, and you know, what I like here too is she didn't even start designing wedding dresses until she was 40. There you go. You yeah. know, her and path was figure skating. Right. And and where were you headed when you found voice acting? Right. right. Exactly. Right. And and it can take you in a completely different direction, but you, you got to follow that dream sometimes and, and just, you know, bring it to fruition, make mm -hmm. it happen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's true. You know, and you might not know this, Warren, but as a young child, I starred in a few movies called Home Alone and Home Alone 2. And I got a little bit of fame, and then I grew up and I changed my name, and uh, <laughs> here I am now. Yeah. Macaulay, Michael, it's not, you know, you see, come yeah, on it's now. It's close. Yeah. It's close, yeah. 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 So that's the rest of my story. <laughs> well, we hope we've provided you some inspiration anyway along the way here today. Um, uh, yeah, again, it, it's that the, that idea that no matter where you've come from and uh, what hardships you've faced or you know what you know, stumbles you've made along the way, just pick yourself up and keep going. That's what we do every week here at the podcast. There you go. Yes, <laughs> we barely can, get through it most weeks. Sure, you can tell by the outtakes. plugging away. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and as you can tell, Mike and I really enjoy working as voice actors. If it's something that you've been considering, you can get a good start by attending a voice coach's Getting Paid to Talk Introduction to Voice Acting adult education class. They're offered through universities, colleges, schools, and recreation programs across the U.S. and Canada. And there's always a good chance we're going to be in your neighborhood soon. That's right. The week of November 4th, we'll be offering the class in Nashville and Chattanooga, Tennessee, Florence, Ashland, Maysville, and Somerset, Kentucky, Spartanburg and Greenville, South Carolina, and Bryan, Dublin, Aurora, Hudson, Cleveland, and Dayton, Ohio. Not to mention, so why is he, you're asking, Schenectady and Troy, New York, South Burlington, Vermont, Union and St. Charles, Missouri, and New Berlin, Allentown, Pittsburgh, and Philadelphia, PA. Just give us a call to find out when and where we'll be near you. 866-887-2834. Or you can email us at podcast at voicecoaches.com. If you've got a topic idea for us or a question or a comment you'd like to share, use that address as well. And between now and our next podcast, you can always follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook. I'm going to spend the time coming up with a 
and the rest of the story for me. Oh, that's okay. a good idea, yeah, Warren. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll figure Maybe out you a... were uh, born a poor farmer's son. No, no, I, I, I was born a baby. I know I started there. I wasn't. I, re, I was there, but I don't remember it. Well, right. I mean, that's understandable. Yeah, but uh, anyway, we'll uh, we'll figure out something to talk about between now and next time. Hope you'll join us then. Visit voicecoaches.com for more voiceover news and information. Different mic in here. No, it's the same mic. It's me. I'm just the same co-host that's been here for 225 episodes now. I'm talking about the uh, EV. Is this an EV? What is this? Listen, if you didn't want to be confused, they shouldn't have named their recording equipment after me. Audio Technica. Look out. I think we all know the reason they started calling microphones mics was because they wanted to, you know, kind of pay a tribute to me. There you go. Hello and welcome once again to Voice Coaches Radio. I'm Warren Garling. And I'm Mike Spring. One of my favorite people growing up living, uh, living, actually listening. Is you what grew up trying living? To say. I grew up living, yeah, but I also good. grew up listening. <laughs> let's try that again. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And let's have some fun with it without with the word absolutely. Right. <laughs> and held a string of jobs as a dishwasher, a waiter. Okay, let's try this again. <laughs> okay. Where audiences rejected of him. Yeah. Eventually, he was hired as a teacher where he contributed. Blah, 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 blah. Um, his two factories were destroyed in World War II and sold what. And then he went on to sell. Let's try that again. Uh, this gentleman's first automobile. Blah, blah, mm-hmm, yep. While she was in high school, she trained with Pear's uh, partner, James Stewart. Oh, we can do that again. While she was in high school, she trained with Pear's partner, James... All I have to do is be able to read it. I've got it further down on the page here. That's why. If only uh, the guy's name was something easy to remember. Like Stewart. You know, like yeah. James Stewart. I mean, how are you supposed to remember something like uh, Jimmy Stewart? It's, it's I the mean, new glasses that yeah. I'm in. Ah, I see. Yep, and I'm going to get those before the end of the year. She graduated from Chapin High School. No, it's the Chapin School. Let's not add names to this thing. <laughs> We're going to make Chris work for his bucks this week. I know, right? And that was the rest of the story.